As promised, I am thrilled to announce that our tickets for Australian True Crime Live are now available. Join me in Sydney, Brisbane and or Melbourne this July. You can come to all three if you want. These tickets are expected to go very quickly, so be sure to secure yours by visiting the link in our podcast bio or you can head over to the Australian True Crime Facebook page. There'll be a nice link there for you. Update for Brisbane Australian True Crime fans. Brisbane is almost fully sold out for our live show. If you've been a listener for any length of time, you'll know how passionate I am about true crime stories from Australia. I'm looking very forward to an incredible evening together with you, sharing these captivating tales. We will have great guests as well, so, you know, we love a Q&A. If you've ever come along to an Australian true crime live gig, you'll know we love a Q&A with our guests. Don't miss out. Book your tickets today, and I'll see you in July for a memorable night out. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and to Aboriginal elders emerging. The following podcast contains content of a graphic, violent nature and is not suitable for children. We had an outdoor toilet, but behind that was just pure black. And I could just imagine this killer sitting up in the tree waiting for me to walk to the toilet. Yeah, yeah, it was terrifying. And people said, who's next could be me. Any one of us could be asleep in our beds and someone could come and shoot us. I certainly thought I could be next. Doors stayed locked, windows stayed locked. We didn't sleep outside anymore. We're a big, suspicious, scared city. We've got to find this person. Everybody was looking at each other. Everybody knew everybody. And so everybody suspected everybody. Life changed completely. So here I was, about to become a a mature adult, a grown-up, 
No way was I going to go outside and walk along with this big black abyss of a backyard behind it you could shoot me from. So I had a potty all that hot summer. That hot summer was in 1963 in Perth, and the city was being terrorised by a serial killer, a night stalker who used different methods, he killed men and women, and for a time, police seemed powerless to stop him. On the night of January 26, Australia Day, he shot five people, and he changed the city forever. This is Australian True Crime with Michelle Laurie and Emily Webb. Come with us as we go beyond the news cycle to find out how people become killers, how people become victims and what happens next. Perth actually changed before Australia Day, but its citizens refused to believe it. How much did their staunch isolationism and their determination to protect their way of life have to do with the troubled investigation that left their city terrorised by a night-stalking serial killer? Those are just some of the questions examined in a new four-part True Crime Stan original documentary series called After the Night. It'll be streaming on Stan from November 29, but I was lucky enough to see a preview and I liked it so much, I begged to be able to speak to the writer-director of the series, Thomas Meadmore. I found him in London, where he's in COVID lockdown. The first thing I wanted to know was what drew him to this story? I'm, per- I'm a Perth boy, so my fa- like my uncle is one of the contributors, Jeff, in the film, who's who pops up a fair bit. So my family grew like were, were part of the community that was terrorised. So I and I grew up in this environment where. So I knew about the backyards. I knew about the the lawn and the the the, the hills hoist clotheslines and the the open windows and the 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 the, the heat. You know, this is this was where this is where I was from. So I understood the the detail of 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 the impact uh, of what changed. I understood the little minutiae, and I found that really interesting and really fascinating. Um, but what was really, what was, I suppose, a revelation for me was until actually COVID, I didn't quite realise like what, how people, what people meant by our lives completely changed. And having gone through this upside down world of COVID where literally everything's changed, I really identify with them when they said, you know, before we had this freedom we didn't fear going outside. We didn't, we could go, we had a very long lead. We, we could be home late for dinner. Our parents didn't care where we were as long as we were home by a certain time, et cetera. And then after, you know, we used to leave the doors unlocked, et cetera. And then after this started happening, we were filled with fear and we couldn't go and do the things we used to do. And I really understood on a, I guess, a really primal level what that meant for them. And I guess that was quite a revelation for me. 
Gosh, that's such an interesting observation. You're right. And even on a weird level, the sort of suspicion that you <laughs> that you look at other people with, I, I found that. Yes. The, yeah, right? At the peak of our COVID outbreak here in Melbourne, you're out and about and you're just so nervous about people being too close to you and, yeah. you know, you, you sort of get nervous about people, each other, don't you? I was walking in the park yesterday uh, near where I live, going on my daily exercise, and this bloke walked past me and kind of gave me a two-foot wide berth and looked at me as though I had some, <laughs> yeah. like, do you know what I mean? Like I might be about to kill some. You know, he was yeah. really suspicious. Yeah, and I'm, and it's that's what it's like. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. So that answers my question of why, you know, why you were interested in this story. It doesn't answer the question though of how it is that this story isn't more famous, isn't more infamous. In Australia, even I, who who, and I do read a lot of true crime and I do watch a lot of true crime. How is it? Do you think that I am not more familiar with this story? Where are you based? Where are you based? I'm in Melbourne. Right. Okay. I think it's because Perth is like another country to the rest of Australia. Mm. You know, it's so isolated. I think that people, and we don't realise that, do we? Over east, no. as Perthlings call us. The people over east, we don't realise how isolated Perth is. No, you don't. It's like five hours in the plane or four and a half hours by plane to get there. It's surrounded by desert. Mm. Maybe there's a bit of mining, but, you know, only people who work in the mining industry really sort of connect to it. You know, there's not a lot to connect with the east as well. So um, I suspect that might have something to do with it. If we can mention the first victim, women in particular in the show who, who are talking about that time, because she wasn't from Perth, she came from over east, women made the comment that, well, we sort of felt like she wasn't one of us. So we mm. felt we we weren't overly frightened after that first murder because we, we didn't really relate to yeah. her. We didn't feel like it, it meant anything for us particularly. It was alarm raising, but it didn't change our ways because she wasn't one of us. Mm. Well, this was this was the theme that was sort of runs through the story insofar as Perth's quite an insular community and in particular the western suburbs, uh, which is the wealthy part of Perth. The, the, while people are uh, inclusive, uh, generally speaking, if you're an outsider, there's the, it, it's more difficult for um, for the people there to relate. And I guess you know, in the case of the first couple of victims, they were not Perth people; they were people from the eastern states. So it was an easy way to create a barrier between you know your, themselves and the danger. Oh, they're not like us. They're they're, they're from another they're from another world, um, and that theme is very is re very reoccurring throughout the series of um, marginalising people f from I guess minorities really. A theme that we have had recurring through our show is around women, certain kinds of women who were divorced and who were dating men. And mm. at that time, that was quite scandalous. Mm. And it, it's as though the way their murders were investigated reflected our culture's feelings about their lifestyles. Very much so. And people who lived in the western suburbs of Perth didn't relate to her. She was looked on as immoral. She was a divorcee doing what you weren't allowed to do in those days. 
she'd been discovered, goodness me, having sex before marriage. That, to us, was always quite a dreadful thing to do. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Things have changed. Yes. And she lived in South Perth, which was a long way in those days from the very comfortable western suburbs. It was the other side of the river which was good, not western suburbs side. There's certainly a, a pattern with a few of the victims um, that where, where a moral, there's a moral issue suggested as a motive. Yeah, and the conservatism of the time and the community sort of plays into it. And also, um, can you, what can you tell us about the police involved? Because there are some great characters there, some police who are big characters around town really respected and loved. Well, this is interesting in police in the 60s and 70s. And, you know, even I remember growing up in Perth, were very well respected and um, very well regarded. They were um, uh, pillars of the community, people that you would look up to, um, uh, leaders, uh, examples to follow, um, and protectors, uh, guards of this of the sense of security among the community there. Um, and in the case of the police in this story, I think there's a, a, a close-knit shop of, of detectives, very clever, high-powered uh, detectives, for whom it's very important to make sure these cases are solved. Alan Leach, he was a very solid detective. Detective Sergeant Leach was a very important person and he knew if he said that happened, it happened. Well, Mum was extremely proud when Owen Leach became Commissioner of Police because they went to school together in Collie for a time. Mum thought Owen Leach was the best cop in the world and she would speak highly of him very often. Owen Leach, he was the best detective in Perth. He was the smartest one out, I reckon. As the story unfolds, you know, this veneer of security between the police and the community slowly starts to be questioned um, because um, while on one hand the police are working extremely hard, there's also a question mark over some of the methods that are used in order to get the results that they want. And then when the integrity of these beacons in the community starts to become questioned, I mean, that's... That that has a big effect, doesn't it? Well, this is one of the th- this is one of the key messages of the film, um, which hopefully, hopefully you'll watch the end and you'll you'll get a sense of what I'm talking about. And there's a real message about accountability and who's who's responsible here, and who should be held to account. Uh, and by the end of the film, you get a real sense that every everyone. Every pocket of this community has played some role in the tragedy that occurs and there's a real sort of spotlight and question mark over, well, who's taken responsibility and who's been held accountable and who hasn't been held accountable and should be. And when it comes to the police, certainly, especially considering the fact that they're public servants, they're trusted servants, uh, whose job it is to protect us, look after us, that question mark becomes all the more poignant and important to consider. 
More coming up soon from Thomas Meadmore, whose four-part series, After the Night, is streaming from November 29 on Stan. And you can start your free 30-day trial at stan.com.au today to watch it, by the way. Thank you so much to our patrons. You know you can become a patron anytime at patreon.com forward slash pod. Thank you in particular to Karen, Rachel Elizabeth, Sarah Amy, Millie, Michaela Hardner and Linda Top. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. After the Night uncovers a number of tragedies peripheral to the murders committed by the serial killer stalking Perth in the 1960s. The writer-director of the series streaming on Stan from November 29 is Thomas Meadmore and he joins us from London. We often talk about the fact that crime, true crime stories, tend to shine a light on systemic problems within a society. Yeah. Don't they? they tend to lead back to problems in, in systems. Did you find that when you were working on, on this show? I guess you could say I, I, the, the, there was a, a, a massive sickness in the judicial and police system that I found, but... You could, I guess you could say there's also a real problem with the attitude of the community toward that system, which was an enabler, I guess. And that, that culture also was, was really pr- problematic as well. Do you think the community has changed? Do you think it's, things are different now? Do you think anything like this could ever happen again there? Well, it does. It does still happen. I mean, there's a guy by the name of Scott Austick who's currently, um, who's literally, um, who had been in prison for a number of years for murdering his girlfriend <clears throat> over the last five years. Um, and 
new evidence was discovered that threw his um, his conviction out the window, and that the evidence that was discovered was supposedly um, video evidence that of police actually planting evidence that would con- get this guy convicted. And as a result of this coming out, this guy was released from prison and was enabled to have a complete, completely new trial, which has just finished. So, I mean, it still goes on. It still happens. There's an argument to say. There's an argument to say that there's there's been. I mean, one of the incredible things about this story is one of the characters in this film, 35 years after his conviction, it was reopened in 2001, 2002. It was reopened, and as a result of that case being reopened, and the consequence of that case, a whole slew of other very high-profile cases of supposed wrongful convictions were um, were reinvestigated, and um, a number of reforms occurred. And as a result, a lot of the, the police, generally speaking, uh, work to a much higher standard and are held to a much higher uh, code of conduct, which is great. But at the same time, you know, this st- does still seem to be going on. So there's there's one of the Estelle, the lead character, one of the lead characters in the film, who's a justice campaigner. You know, she believes that a whole overhaul of the police and justice system needs to take place, and there needs to be some sort of system of accountability to make sure these things don't happen. We in Melbourne have just been through another royal commission into the police force. Have you? Oh, yeah. Well, this one's about the handling of police informants and the findings haven't been handed down yet, but it sometimes feels as though we need to have these constant checks and if these systems are left to their own devices for too long, they go bad. Well, I mean, there's a, there's a really great analogy. There's a book, wonderful book called Black Box Thinking, and it looks at the airline industry, for example. If there's a plane crash, the investigations into the cause of the plane crash are so extensive and so meticulous and so devoid of blame culture. And the reason being is, is that if there's a fault, hundreds and hundreds of people can die and the whole industry's, the confidence in the whole industry will be undermined and, um, you know, the whole world will be affected. So there's this meticulous investigation system that goes on to make sure that whatever caused X plane crash never happens again, which is amazing. And it makes it one of the safest, most phenomenal, like incredible, it makes an incredibly safe industry. Whereas that doesn't occur in the health system, those kinds of checks, and they cert- it certainly doesn't happen in the police and justice system. So when there's a, a miscarriage of justice, there's no inquiry as to, okay, hang on a minute, what happened here? What happened to cause this to occur? And I think that there's a really interesting discussion to be had about why that isn't the case, why those systems of accountability and checks aren't in, in place. Well, I think it's because they're political. I think at the end of the day, they all of those systems lead back to politicians, don't you? Like they, yeah, well. At the top of the tree is a minister of something or other. Yeah, yeah, well, that's that's probably true. That's probably true. Did you, for want of a better word, enjoy your foray? I don't know if this is your first foray into true crime, but this, it like, it's an intense experience, isn't it? Because you've got, you've sort of, these are important stories. This is an important story that belongs to this group of people and you've 
been involved in helping them tell it. So it's a big responsibility. Did you enjoy it? Do you feel good about it? I loved it. I loved it. It was a it was a it was a very emotional journey to go on. Um, especially, I mean, these a lot of the people in this story have been traumatized over decades. So it was a privilege, a real privilege, to be able to. To, to tell their stories. I've never done true crime before, so it was a new experience for me. I'm so I'm extremely conscious of one of the things I'm really conscious of is the fact that there's victims' families and the family of the, the the main killer in the film. They're all still alive. And I'm really conscious of how this film will impact them when they watch it. It's one of the worst things about making documentaries is you know, no matter how sensitive you are with the subject, it always upsets somebody. Um, so navigating that's really difficult. But the, the making of it was 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 extremely special because a lo- the majority of the people in the story want this story to be told, and they can see the value of it existing. And it was it's been a privilege to be able to say something important of value with the story so i've loved it i've loved it i thought you did a really beautiful job too of including some characters who oftentimes aren't included in these stories there was one lady who was the wife of a man who lost somebody you know he, he he had a former girlfriend who was a victim and then he also for a time was accused and your inclusion of her and and your treatment of her of this woman who in her words had spent her life sort of in the shadow of this previous partner yeah oh it was beautiful you know there's times he'll talk of her and yeah and it's hard to swallow at times so you just have to go on keep going forward it was really touching that she was given a voice because so often those characters in a story don't get to to talk about how it is. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. I'm really glad that it can, oh, that that means a lot that you've. Yeah, that's great. That's really great. It was very traumatic times. Uh, uh, he virtually held the city at ransom. We had no idea at all uh, whether it was. Um, one particular person or another. It was very disturbing for everybody. Thomas Meadmore, the writer and director of After the Night, the excellent new Stan original documentary series, which premieres November 29 exclusively on Stan. You can start your 30-day free trial at stan.com.au. Thank you to patrons Amanda Harb, Tracy Annan, Mark Lamb, John, Linda and Willow Scott, Hayley Meaden and Josephine Bauman. And thank you for downloading this episode of Australian True Crime made in association with the ACAST Creator Network. We'll be back next week. Until then, take care, especially those of you who've gone back into lockdown. We're thinking of you. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello 
HelloFresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. AdWanted UK is the provider of single-source media data for agencies, media owners, brands, and academic institutions. And thanks to our rebranded news offering called The Media Leader, we can also lead the way in championing excellence and inclusion in the media industry. To find out more, simply visit the-media-leader.com to subscribe to our daily bulletins. The Media Leader from AdWanted UK. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As promised, I am thrilled to announce that our tickets for Australian True Crime Live are now available. Join me in Sydney, Brisbane and or Melbourne this July. You can come to all three if you want. These tickets are expected to go very quickly, so be sure to secure yours by visiting the link in our podcast bio or you can head over to the Australian True Crime Facebook page. There'll be a nice link there for you. Update for Brisbane Australian True Crime fans. Brisbane is almost fully sold out for our live show. If you've been a listener for any length of time, you'll know how passionate I am about true crime stories from Australia. I'm looking very forward to an incredible evening together with you, sharing these captivating tales. We will have great guests as well, so, you know, we love a Q&A. If you've ever come along to an Australian true crime live gig, you'll know we love a Q&A with our guests. Don't miss out. Book your tickets today, and I'll see you in July for a memorable night out.